the Podjectivity Network. Chris, during a break, a brief break, was trying to make the point that Journey rocks and that Steve mm. Perry is actually hot somehow. No, opposite. He's not hot. But That's you're defending would you it. Listen? You said it. All right. And then we were also talking about the failure of communication between warring factions in our culture uh, over race and other things, which is. Just listen. When the summer's gone, she'll be there. Standing by the light. Come on. Once she's been to where she's gone to, she this should will, know wrong we'll get from this. right. We'll get this through that committee. Is sick. It's so good. Yeah. The beat. Are you that passionate about it because it caught you in this formative stage when I wasn't aware of it? And no. that's what we were just getting to. And you can't be objective and say actually Journey sucks. And I'm not Steve talking Perry about is oh, Sherry, his solo work. No, that's a solo work. I'm talking about a very specific song in particular. You don't particular. think I'm giving him a fair shake? No, Based it's on not him. It's Journey. Journey. There's two singers, and the beat is infectious. If you can put Steve Perry out of your mind and the later mullet M- work, I'm biased. Just put it out of your mind. This is a prejudice that I have oh, against man. Journey. Based this on this is going to start a war. <laughs> It is, Dan. Uh, what do you, you are more of Chris's age. I'm younger. We right. So I was going to ask you, how old were you in 1981? So I was born in 77. Do the math. Okay. Five. So we were like Four. eight Five. or nine. Four. Oh, my God. We were like eight or nine. So we were eight, nine, ten when Journey was huge. I would I would buy into that. All right, that's fair. absolutely. But you still, on its own, but bon alone. Was yeah. Huge when I if was you listen nine. to it now, that's a standalone awesome song. But Bon Jovi awesome was song. huge when I was nine, and now I can say, yeah, that sucks. Okay. I don't like. Do you want to bon know how Jovi. much I like that song? I do. When I first started working at MSA in two thousand two, September of two thousand two, not long after that. I appealed to a young coworker of mine who was savvy in the ways of Napster and down what you know illegal downloading at the time that that age where you could get any song you wanted and just get it if you had the software or whatever. And I asked this guy for a number of songs that I just couldn't get my hands on because I I couldn't buy a CD of it or I couldn't, you know, mm-hmm. 2002 an mm-hmm. elusive jam all these gems. And so I asked him to get me these songs. Like? You compiled the list of how many songs do you think? I could... F- oh, I probably don't have this disc anymore. It is probably lost to time. But among the songs that I asked for was... I've Been Thinking About You by London Beat from the 90s. I've been thinking about you. <laughs> thinking about you. Okay. You're not making a stronger case. Sounds like you've heard of this. I can't defend his choice. That's a terrible song. (laughs) Snoopy and the Red Baron. The Snoopy and the Red Baron song. Nope. 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 or more. Nothing. Bloody Red Baron was rolling up the school. 80 men died. 
trying to end that spree of the bloody red baron of germany oh my god well <clears throat> thank you for that though this isn't going great but among them was that song feeling that way mm. not ooh anytime that you want it but feeling <laughs> that way that was an elusive you had to like get the album open my eyes to yeah. get that song deep mm-hmm. cut it's not though it's number album one on the cut. album you believe that so yeah do you always put your strongest song first track on I've the album? I've heard you put it number two. That was the advice given to me. Strongest song goes number two. No. I would ask if that song... Funny poop connotation. <laughs> the strongest song goes number two. Sorry to take it there. <laughs> number three is always the soft ballad. Right. After the... So there's a formula. Of course there's a formula to how you structure your album, unless you're a queen and you're like, it's an opera. True. <laughs> True. Anyway. Uh I would ask if it was if feeling that way was from the album that had the spaceship on the cover, but then I think all journey. I think album it's wings. Had the spaceship. On Did the, the cover. spaceship have wings? Oh, the wings though. There was like a eagle. I'm pretty sure it was like phoenix, wings, like a yeah. phoenixy bird, separate right. from the spaceship. Right. the The spaceship one was later. ELO also had a spaceship. What happened? Not? What did we? What happened to us? <laughs> We were going to talk about something else, but now we're talking about the spaceships as a symbol for 70s rock band. Steve Miller probably had a spaceship at some point. He wants Pegasus. to fly like the eagle. Mm, Boston, maybe? Spaceship. Ding. Okay. Yeah. Spaceship. That was kind of a, a thing for a while, apparently. Boston is, I think, still my ringtone, which More means the, my kids now sing Boston, what? which is fantastic. For yeah. which grandparent? Uh, what? That was a joke based on Boston. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't work. They can't all work. They can't all be gems. <laughs> no, they do. But you keep putting remember. up shots. Yeah, they're not until you get hot. <laughs> I was I was introducing uh, Chris to this concept in a rhythm shooting, getting in a rhythm as a shooter. If you're mm. not familiar with sports and you don't know, there's some terminology that's kind of interesting, like, and you know it. If you played, you mm-hmm. know exactly what that means. Oh, he found him in his rhythm. He hit him in his rhythm. The uh, good placement of a pass. In rhythm. Things like that. But, but uh, sometimes with pod we're in rhythm. Yeah. Other times you're not. Uh, there's a there's a a current that flows under everything we do, I suppose. And disruptions in the flow of a routine can represent an unwelcome sort of, you know, break. In, in momentum or rhythm. I noticed that as a delivery guy. Like, I know a day is going my way when I roll up to a place and I might not be 100% certain when they open. I might be a little bit early, but the person who's showing up shows up when I do and they're unlocking the door. Mm-hmm. So I can just roll in behind them, drop the shit off and keep going. In rhythm. In rhythm and develop a momentum to my day versus, all right, now I've got to call the salesperson and I've got to stop here for a while and figure out when I can fucking do this. And there's intangibles and things you can't control that inform how the kind of flow of a day. And why, where, why did we get off on this tangent about about rhythm and the breaking of a rhythm? Because we. Because we were talking about music, music, and then we can't Journey. stop talking about sports. 
and Chris's ringtone, which is Boston, and her, her four-year-old, seven-year-old, and ten-year-old who have no business really singing Boston know it well now. Okay. Let me just wipe these tears away real quick. <laughs> No, I like what you're doing there. <laughs> Every day is like a game. Well, you you say that, I suppose, yeah. And rhythm running underneath, you know, there being a a pace to the way you do everything, and you can be you can be intentional about the way you move through things or not. And my anxious nature in the past has made me. A busybody in a lot of ways or has made me sort of rush to not really accomplish a whole lot amidst all that movement and I've gotten counsel from people who are like hey dude I see that you're really trying hard over there but how about you pace yourself mm. with mm. this landscaping work or whatever because you're gonna burn out you're not going to make it to the end of the day or you're you're punishing yourself with this pace essentially you know there's a difference between working hard and being intelligent about how you conserve your energy a sports analogy would be like when they're when they're sitting lebron leading into the playoffs because he's almost 70 now you know and correct and he needs to conserve his energy we do that on a daily basis. There are little decisions we make about how long do I take on this coffee break? How deliberate am I in the way that I approach this stop versus I don't even know what's happening because I'm flying around. Right. You know, do you guys think about the way you move through your day that here's a word that you love, Chris, mindfulness. The level. Be mindful. Yeah, Chris is over mindfulness and she's a meditation teacher for fuck's sake this is the gentle segment <laughs> where we are i'm gonna ask you to feel the breath in your abdomen dan and be mindful of the breath mindful in your mind well you'll be shocked but i think about that every single minute of every single day because i work outside and as outside jobs go i have kind of a white collar outside job <laughs> Your blue collar has a white kind of I'm border. A, yep, I'm. I have the. <coughs> my blue shirt has a white collar, so to speak, but it is physical and demanding, <coughs> and being outside every day, and even on a nice day, it can be miserable. Weather helps. Weather certainly helps, but yeah, I'm thinking that every minute, every day, all day long, because I. <coughs> It's how I make my living. So I have to be, I have to pace myself. I don't know how much longer I'll be doing this, have to do it, choose to do it. Here's a question. But I have to stay in shape. Yeah, and, and how? I can't break anything, and I can't strain anything, and I can't pull anything. So I gotta, you have to be deliberate. Got to stay within myself, play within the offense. How much has your pace changed over your long career doing this? Now? Not much. Because... Just the the listen to this guy. Like I can still knock it out. Like when I was well, 20. but the 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 
what would you say? Like the play that I run is largely unchanged. And you, you can, can still execute. And you can I could still execute the play every day. And I'm not <laughs> that that's how I think. You know that. Of like course. that's how I think. Yeah. Executing the play. But you had the presence <clears throat> as a younger man to be like, Don't rush through your life. Yeah. Don't rush through your work day. Because I don't know that a lot of people do well, maybe rush through life, but not work day. Interesting. It's a yeah. different kind like of the baby patience. years were tough and stuff, but but it, as it pertains to doing your job, though, here's another here's another phrase that's gotten probably too much traffic, which is staying present, being present. True, and and doing that in the midst of a tedious task, a work day, is very difficult. And then you start to wonder, what does that even mean? You know, like whether I'm present or not, I still got to get this box to that place. Mm. And it doesn't matter where my mind's at. You just do it. And, I use and anatomy. Okay. I don't, the stay present is another phrase that's getting ruined from overuse again. Because people take it like out of context. Like a great con- song. People take it out of context and use it in places where they shouldn't for like menial, hollow things. And then it's ruined. Interesting. But, uh, when I'm doing massage, so I might have, let's say I start at four o'clock and um, I'm not done till eight. So I'll have like a massage from four to five. Break, change the sheets, wash, mm. wash my hands, spray everything down, do all the COVID stuff. Start five thirty. Maybe it's a 90 do minute massage. Do you change the sheets when there's not a pandemic? I hope so. Yeah, of course. <laughs> 5.30, there might be a 90-minute massage. So 5.30 to 7 o'clock, alone, in a room. Hi, how are you? I'm Chris. Nice to meet you. Leave your underwear on if you feel it's comfortable. It's like survey, surveying, isn't it, Dan? I mean, Get on the to... table. But here's the thing about massage. Pew. I can't <laughs> pop in headphones and like listen to podcasts ah. as I'm working. And it's possible, Ouch. and very frequently, the, often, the person does not want to talk. They just want to zone out. So I can spend... Well, when you're getting body oh. work, too, even if you did talk, it'd be like, if you... Uh, they might... Yeah. <laughs> they might say, like... Like the Packers. Too much pressure or a little more pressure. Yeah. Or, but... So a lot of my time is spent in silence. You're just in silence with yourself. Right. And this but, person, but... But the most right. intimate... They're blocking you out. The most... Or, no, they're receiving but, what i'm offering but they're not listening to you or like no they don't want to talk it's they're purely just purely physical well it's energetic they're going well. to their place they're zoning out they don't verbal. want to talk about the packers i'd be a terrible for massage. the most part there's i'd some, be a terrible body you talk all the way through it some people want to ta- see how rogers played yesterday yeah some people want to talk the whole way through the, oh. the people on the table some do. but that's the exception. very 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 infrequently oh really but, to your point being present is the only way to get through. Like when I used to do massage before I studied meditation, the job and before I had kids, the job was so tedious to me because I, there was no talking. There was no interaction verbally. Stimulus. Yes, it was like uh it was like a night a little bit of a jailed nightmare. But when you have kids and there's chaos at home, coming to a soothing environment where it's like dark lights and candles and a soft spa music where people go to and it's unwind. a spa and people go to unwind and they're happy when they leave and 
that quiet is a great mm. relief from having young oh. kids. It's going to be a little bit like a church almost without Wild. all the weird ritual. I would not use the word church, but sacred space I would use. The second thing is, because of my practice of meditation, I'm a better therapist because I now am more attuned to my own energy and more attuned to their energy. So each massage, generally, if I'm in the right space, is like a conversation between their body and me. Oh, my God. Their mind is checked out, but their body tells me stories. So it's not just the muscles. <laughs> it's not just the muscles, but it's like the energy of their system that I'm working with, which is fascinating. So the job I've is heard of totally body transformed. Before, but this is on a subtler level. This is something that you only... This is some chakra stuff here, huh? Oh, sure. Chakras okay. are part of the human energy system but i do the power of touch though and and what you're doing there's a spiritual component to it i don't understand i don't yeah but basically what i'm saying is pacing yourself if i know i'm going to be doing a 90 minute a 90 minute and a 60 minute and i go in the 90 minute guns a blazing and deep tissue and i am getting these not no like you're you're gonna absolutely because it's all your hands right it's, yeah, right. it's, it's hands on. Ba- it's more okay. back posture and twisting. Leaning over, someone in needing Leaning over and twisting. Think about it, Dan. Like, how good are you for a neck massage j- on average? Like, a couple minutes? A few minutes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I can. Mean, if you give somebody a full five minutes, that's generous. <laughs> that, yeah, that's a and long she, time. Yeah, <laughs> she's scheduling 90 fucking minutes of, of that kind of attention to someone else. Right. And work on them. That's. Lori gets sore this and sore that from running. I'm sure. And I'm. And yeah. you want a cup of feel because you're. <laughs> yes. Are your boobs sore? Are and, you sure that they're not? But yeah, you even with the best intentions of like, oh, my God, I know you're so sore. Yeah, honestly, five minutes, you know, maybe that I can sustain like needing. That's just. Yeah. So I. And this then is you start to hurt and you're like, all right, I've done what I can. Yeah, my hand, you're my welcome. Hands get sore and like here's the difference. Wrist gets sore. Massage is as much listening as it is giving. The hands. Your hands become listening hands. So the tissues and the energy talk to you through your hands. So but I'm trying to get to the stay in the moment thing of like you have to pace yourself. You have to say, I'm gonna give fifty percent for four hours mm-hmm. instead of a hundred percent for 15 minutes. And that's just the way that it is. And there's some, some modalities within that hour where it's like, if a certain type of technique takes 80% of my energy, I'm only going to do that for 10% of the time. If there's a modality I could do all day and all night, like craniosacral therapy is just really light touch, super light. I could do it five hours straight. It takes mental sort of uh rigor but it's not physically demanding and that because i practice meditation i can do for long extended periods of time so it's sort of a a give and take of like the physical the energetic what's my posture doing do you have a but there's a pace a playlist of sorts when people come in where you're like i'm gonna do this modality because it's fucking intense and trying on my back for just a little while then I'm going to switch to the other thing or is the conversation with that person's body such that you're responding and improvising 
modalities depending on what the body's telling you. The best way that I like to work is you don't know exactly what you're going to do until you put your hands on them because... Some people, their muscles might be tight. But there's an agreement when they come in, they want this, that, or the other. Yes, there's always an agreement of if you come in for energy therapy, I'm not going to give you a Swedish massage. If you come in for a Swedish massage, I might sprinkle a little energy therapy in because it's beneficial for the whole system. But if you came in to get like a relaxing, long gliding strokes, I'm not going to all of a sudden go. Dan like, knows all about the long relaxing. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's awful. Just whatever. That's fine. You guys are in fifth grade. With uh, yeah, the, we, we yeah. are. I am. Hey, I'm just the one blushing here. Yeah. <laughs> it is Hakeem Olajuwon jersey. It's That's okay. just magnificent. It's okay. Dan, it must be said. I just want to call attention. Again, you can't, you can't point the microphone at his Adidas vintage Houston Rockets. Hakeem Olajuwon jersey, but mm-hmm. it is a beautiful tribute. The The letters of Houston, the numbers are stitched into the mesh. The name is stitched onto the back. And, you know, I salute it. Where, how it pairs with the fanny pack that he wore coming into the room. It was an unexpected combination. Well, how did you feel about it, Chris? Or did you want to make... Well, should we return to your your point about pacing and massage at this point? I just wanted to call attention to how it's glorious it is, Dan. It's ostentatious. Yeah, it's too much. I mean, the only way that I could top that is an authentic Bill Russell Celtics jersey with no name on the back because they're the Celtics and their team, and it's Bill Russell. I got some Sunday. Someday, maybe I will. It felt like a jersey day. It's great, and it's hot. Yeah, it's breathing. You're showing your arms, a little bit of your chest hair. It's not hair, but your chest. Do you want me to leave so you guys can have a moment? No, I mean, but how much would it take for me to get you to take that off and sell it to me, Dan? Uh, What's it worth? It has no price. (laughs) Limitless. Like, how about your fanny pack? We'll talk. We can talk about the fanny pack. It's the first time I've ever worn it. And I felt it felt good. Yeah. That was a lot of silliness. And you were making some interesting points about your work as a massage therapist and the pacing of your day and how you tailor your modalities to what the body's telling you, but also what your body can take. You know, or it, especially if you have a, 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 a full, you know, calendar of like, you know, taxing appointments. Do you, and is it a challenge then if you have, let's just say for the sake of argument, four 60-minute appointments, to, to know that that fourth person got the, at least a similar sort of experience to the first, is that tricky? Well. I would think it is because Dan and I can only last five minutes. We've established this. Yeah, I just think it's part of the pacing that you guys all do, too. I mean, you have to do it. It was a learning it. curve, and you worked into it and figured it out. The toughest part of my job is when someone comes in with tension that doesn't release. A lot of times, it's... Um, you take it personally? Like, you can't release it? No, but it just feels like massaging granite. 
Like oh, there's it's harder no, on you. Yes, it's difficult. There's no disbursement of tension. There's no satisfaction so as you the go. Which is pliable. The more right. pliable that a person's tissue is, the easier your job is. No, because sometimes they can start out tense, but then it releases. It responds to touch. It responds. And some people, they can't let go, either physically or mentally. And so that's Chris the hardest part. Chris has got a theory that I've heard her discuss before that just like um, you listened to her episode when she discussed her panic. In the yeah, interview. just recently. Uh, and um, one of the things that I thought was... On Growing Beyond, hosted by our own Chris Adams. <laughs> also on the Podjectivity Network. Highly recommended. <laughs> Great listen. But you you went into some detail about the way that anxiety manifests just, you know... Well, I guess you didn't maybe talk in that about how it, how it affected your body as much, but how it made your world really small. There was that. But here's a question, I guess, is, is why, I'm, why this is coming to mind, is like you learned through your experiences dealing with an anxiety disorder how the body stores stress. Right. And how sometimes the way to address the tension in your life is not, I mean, it's not that talk therapy and, and, a, and a psychological approach isn't beneficial, but if you're not finding the stress where it's being stored and working it out of those tissues and like loosening it up and, and addressing the physical part of it, then you're missing a big piece because... Uh, something that somebody told me through my own anxiety struggles was a, a tense mind can exist within a relaxed body mm -hmm. to a degree. So that was, that was instructive okay. for all you people that may be struggling with anxiety right now. A little bit of a voice of experience was, and it was, it was, it, it was instructive to me to one of the ways that I learned to cope with my, my anxiety disorder was flexing my muscles and then releasing and paying attention to breath and things that are centered in the body and a and, and and addressing the spiritual or the emotional distress the things that you thought were just happening in your mind no they're happening everywhere true yeah so sounds like what you're saying is people don't come in and necessarily tell you what's on their mind but you can feel it no, I mean, I can't, I'm not a mind reader. No, but tension, at least. If someone comes in and they're very tense and you can't release it in a session, like you were just saying, that's one of the most, that must be, in some level, not a reflection so much of your skills as a therapist, but they must really be going through some stressful shit right now? No, it's not always current. Sometimes it's historical, like traumas that are stored. So, mm. I don't know how much you want to get into the the details of this kind of stuff. Uh, you can answer the question however you see fit. If s Occasionally someone will come in and so there's like different layers of tension. 
There's like the superficial tension of the muscles and then there's the fascial tension. Where you believe that the emotional experience that we have, like getting excited raises your heartbeat. There's certain physiological responses we have to emotion that affect our body and tension means your tissues are 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 stressed and hard and not sometimes or could be like an athlete that overworked you know certain things or um if they were in a car accident and there's certain areas of let's say they were in a car accident when they were eight so different kinds of trauma can elicit the same sort of response from the body which is locked up sort of muscles that aren't loose bound tissues tissues. scar tissue it's not just muscles it's fascia and other things yeah so the the fascia is the connective tissue that goes around all the organs and all the muscles and all the bones and it's the connective web of the body Mm -hmm. so that is another layer where you can find tension in there's the nervous system and the spine and the skull and you can find tension there and then some of the some of the mental stress and tension can express itself through the tissues too. So it's kind of like if someone comes in and they're in a state of anxiety or they're regularly in fight or flight, they might not necessarily have tight muscles, but maybe if I work on the base of their skull and like into their spine, it could be the cerebral spinal fluid might not be flowing very well there might be some blockages in that river and so maybe the work we do is really light on that because their mind is not communicating to their heart their their head is not communicating well to their body their vagus nerve does not have the um regulation that it needs and a lot of that is that is if you can release tension at the base of the skull some of that can be relieved so if someone comes in there like I'm really tense and my shoulder hurts and I hurt my ankle, but I can tell that, you know, their entire system is out of whack because they can't relax because their vagus nerve is kind of locked up. They're in this this uh, sympathetic nervous system state all the time. My instinct would be to work and do craniosacral therapy. But if they want to come in and get their muscles rubbed, I can do that, but then they're going to walk out the next day and they're mm-hmm. g- everything's going to be back to the way that it was the day before. Can you sneak it in on them? I do. Without them knowing. But that's the, probably the biggest challenge. And it's not necessarily a challenge of pacing, but just a challenge of intent and what they think they need versus what I think they need. Is there an educational component to what a you little do? Bit. Do you try and bring people along or suggest things like, you know, as somebody who has some experience with this or sort of knows this method or that perhaps we could try. Mm? Yeah. So in the place where I work right now, it's more like a spa environment. So I don't do a lot of education, not a ton there, but working on my own, it's more education because a lot of people don't know that there's all these layers. You're a seeker. So you never can have too many techniques or modalities. No. You want the next one that you've never heard of that's, you know, uh, another sure. wrinkle in There's this. always more, more. It's kind of like if I may make a musical. Effective ways. If I may make a musical analogy, it's a voicing of a chord. It's a progression. It's a, mm-hmm. it's, 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 yeah, a harmonic kind of wrinkle that you haven't stumbled on yet. 
or you haven't heard is fresh to you and it keeps the whole enterprise sort of uh, alive. Yeah. Well, the human body is like an endless mystery. So. So like you're getting better at playing it. Kind of. But Dan, you feel like is that? What, is that? But uh, but because. But I still know nothing. Because you know the what I play mean? that you no matter run, how much you learn, you know nothing. Hmm. With the human body. But surveying because they're all different. And wine delivery, the the things that Dan and I do, more service industry. Well, service industry isn't quite right. That's your trade. Hmm. I'm service. Carrying out a task like yeah, but we we both have plays that are standard. Run the play, baby. We didn't. It it involves no interpretation on our part we just have to all right yes. maybe maybe more so on your to a great extent yes yeah i'm we, running the same play over and over and over. we have to takes different forms but i run the same play over and over again staying present in a situation like that we don't have as you pointed out the you don't have the benefit of being able to stimulate our minds in a different way while we're doing this let's just say for the sake of this conversation, mindless task. And you're trying to bring mindfulness to your task. Whereas the two of us have accepted that we can do this mindlessly. And this is what and we do to so survive. And it's so wonderful. <laughs> I can listen to podcasts most days, all day. So all day long, I'm just Okay, somewhere. here's an example. Think about how you feel though. So I marvel at what your job is like, where it's this, present like you don't get to escape like i'm walking around outside usually wherever though I, am. I don't need to escape it's Woods, sort of like field, asking... swamp. i'm listening to radio lab or sports or comedy or i can't i can't imagine having to focus so you can because you do it when you play music and when you podcast sure and huh. you, you enjoy it and you don't need to escape it because it's enjoyable so that's kind of you I can't imagine being quiet that long. There, I said it. That's it. Do you are you that quiet when you play bass though? But is listening to other people talk not being quiet? A little bit. But for mm. ninety minutes? I suppose so. I couldn't be quiet for we're 90 defining, minutes. <laughs> we're defining quiet. Well, I think there's an unselfishness to the work that Chris does <laughs> that is pretty pretty impressive because we perform our tasks and we we do our thing, but it's not quite the same dynamic as putting your hands on another person. Oh, heavens. Naked body. Good. Fucking get out of here. <laughs> yes. Yeah, right? Like uh, having another naked person on the end of our task. Who's <laughs> a... Yeah. The visuals I'm getting right now are yeah. fantastic. It hasn't uh, happened yet. I'll say that. I mean, the you, yeah. When you're doing your work on someone mm -hmm. you have this 90 minute appointment uh -huh. and it's dead silent for like 51 minutes well there's soothing music soothing music oh there's music okay soothing that changes music. everything soothing of course there is spa music you do you ever give them the like 51 minutes of silence nobody has talked and yeah yeah i'm pushing on your vagus nerve right now you ever do that like kind of walk tell them the no what you're doing like, this We're, is what I'm pressing uh, on. Just a pilot checking in right now. We're <laughs> flying over Denver. When you're feeling tense, this is probably where it's stored. And then 22 more minutes you know, of Not usually. Silence. Not if they're... If you they're... don't land this plane with them, kind you of. You know what a massage, massage therapist will do? I haven't had a lot of them, but I've, I've noticed this. Like, ooh, this is tense. 
like maybe their hands will be roaming and they'll hit a spot and they'll go, ooh, we've got something here. Uh, I usually don't. If they're zoned out. you don't out, say that? You just I don't want to break the spell. Sometimes it feels like there's a spell. The, there's no spell in our work. The spell mm-hmm. that we put ourselves in is our own spell. And personally, how I have satisfied the hours that I spend alone between stops is... Mm. Is it a problem or is it an opportunity kind of situation where um, I remember feeling like, you know what, I don't read unless I fly when there's just not a lot of other options because the movies that they're showing are stupid hmm. and I'm just sitting here and all right, I'll, I'll invest in my mind a little bit or so, so listening to music as I deliver, I can treat it like a classroom with the modern streaming services and say, you know, someone else has already curated a list of what at least they consider to be the top 50 piano masterpieces of classical music. Mm. I'm going to see if I can connect with them and hang with them, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's not a, I'm not going to get credits for that, but what's the difference between that experience and being in a classroom and having someone say, you know what, you should listen to this because it's, and like the professor in the dark room with the art that right. is walking you through it. Yeah. You can do that for yourself now. You can just... Kind of. While you're doing stuff. Yeah. You can just go, I'm in a class. The course... Now I'm in a this class. The course is just... Yeah. You're, you're sort of... It's a collaboration between algorithms and your own curiosity. Okay. God damn it. There was stuff we were going to get to tonight, but now you did it. <laughs> There's a podcast. It's called Our Fake History. Not aware. Whatever. There's more podcasts than fucking TV shows, and we've never seen the same TV shows. That's why we're making another one. Except for Mindhunter. We've all watched Mindhunter, but outside of that. Dominant. I don't think anybody's. Wait, is the next season going to drop? So, so listen to this podcast, Our Fake History. It is uh, an exploration of, is it history? Is it myth? Or is it a story just so good it, it has to be retold? And so I'm like 30 or 40 episodes into this thing, and it's been like, uh, who is the first person to circumnavigate the globe? Was it really Ferdinand Magellan? And then it's a long, eh, long, it's not like hardcore history, which is like two-hour, four-hour episodes. Like Not too deep into the weeds. It's 45 minutes, and it takes you on a trip through something, and so it's like, in answering, was Magellan the first guy to circumnavigate the globe? A bunch of diaries from the voyage, and it takes you down all these things. And then at the end, he's like, it actually wasn't him. He got, he was two-thirds of the way around, and he got malaria. And then, you know, that's, that's the nature of the thing. And it's like, it's not going to get rewritten in history books, but you and me now know. Like, me, the listener, now I'm like, oh, now I know. Interesting. Or he's researched it more than I have, so, Okay. So there was this one about Joan of Arc. It was like a three-parter about Joan of Arc. And have you ever seen the, of course you have, the British, like, fuck you, that's like, just put up two fingers. Yeah. But back of your hand. You've seen that. Yeah. Peace, the reverse piece is fuck yourself in, in English. Yeah. Okay. Uh, fuck it. <laughs> have you ever been to England? I, I have. 
Did you spend any time there? I was waving this constantly. You were in pubs. Did anybody ever do this? <laughs> I never elicited that, but I know what you're talking about. Okay. So in the context of the story of Joan of Arc, there was the Battle of something Asia, Curtain Asia, or you know how I am with names of that game. Fair enough. A battle. English versus French on French soil, defending their land claims, their... Uh, landed gentry and the british had the superiority of the longbow right and so in the hundred years war when the french would capture a british soldier they would cut off their index finger and then their middle finger on their right hand so that they couldn't be oh draw the longbow so they couldn't draw a bow anymore so, so this if, is showing you that I still got my means to fucking kill you from a distance. So if they didn't kill the prisoner, they actually negotiated and gave the prisoners back. They couldn't shoot the bow. So then later in the story, or this was the Hundred Years' War, so this was going on for a fucking century or more. How long? Hundred years. One hundred and sixteen <laughs> years. It was this. When was the War of eighteen twelve? Dan, go ahead. <laughs> So anyway, he goes into this. So then when they would rout the French in a battle, they would show him their fingers. They would. Oh. And I was like, I, my work, I was outside surveying somewhere and I just stopped because that does pod does that to me because I'm taking a class that I didn't pay for. While I'm doing my job, I'm getting some credits. And I went. I've always wondered what that was. And that's that's the closure. Yes, that's the coolest practical explanation of a long-standing thing that I've ever heard. I was just, I was just. It makes this you is just, wonder if other insults like the middle finger. And then he related it to the middle finger. Okay, that that please evolved that too. to the Americas, and they lost this, and they just gave you this you, to pull a trigger. At that point, you only needed one finger. <laughs> So anyway, I and Pod does that to me at least once every day in my menu of Pod. The classes I'm taking, I get stopped like that and just go, "What? Wow!" You know, all right. I hear what you're saying. There's, a, I don't want to cut you off short. That's fine because this has a this has a part two. But as one of the things that Spotify does is it gives you a weekly discover. So the algorithms mm. are analyzing what you've been choosing for yourself. And then compiling a list of things based on that that they think you might like that you probably haven't heard. Sure. And that's a 20-track list, approximately. Hmm. And my taste... I haven't tried Spotify yet. So my taste is particular enough that, you know, there are certain weeks where I might not press the heart. Save this. I like it. I love it. I want to hear it again button that informs that algorithm on that on that particular list other weeks five maybe more who knows but but i feel like it's a it is a dialogue between myself and not the algorithm but the artists that are communicating their best ideas and their heart you know through this digital medium and some connect and some don't in the whole game of like, what can I relate to? Who's, 
who sees things my way, you know, out there, or who can surprise me with a melody that I don't think I've heard before, or something, is, it, it's, you keep coming back, it, it is an insatiable sort of, uh, curiosity that it feeds. So part two, he comes on and says, it's a mini episode. It's 15 minutes. Guys, I'm sorry. No, he's Canadian. I'm sorry. <laughs> that thing about the archers and their fingers is a historical myth. And so I was oh, so... no! I was so crushed. I would be crushed too. I heard this thing and was riding that. It was so amazing that I rewound some more so I could get the names of things better. Oh, my God. Because I knew I was going to tell people about it. Uh, so then he says, you know, welcome to our fake history. And I think it's meta when I listen to a podcast, or this guy does a podcast, about his history and myths and where the lines cross and what yeah. was real and what is just hmm. stuff that's been handed down. He fell for one of those in his own program. Oh. And then a listener called him on it. Really? And so he apologized profusely, mm-hmm. but good na- is good-natured. Mm-hmm. And he was like, of course, like, you know, I wasn't there. And I, I should have looked into that a little better. So it turns out that the middle finger goes all the way back to like ancient Greece. Middle finger or two fingers? The middle finger. Okay. <laughs> all the way back to ancient Greece. Dan's it was pointing it right at me right now, by the way. Anyone who's Not Chris, in range. <laughs> and he said that it was a, an expression of here's a phallus. Fuck yourself. Ellipses. With it. Ellipses. Just that's what it said. Your middle finger is a phallus. Here's a phallus. But do you think the implication is put this in your ass? Yeah, we we all know, though, that this means like go fuck yourself or fuck you or whatever. Hmm. So like but in Greek terms, it was just here is a phallus rather than take distaste, your, you know, little uh, eyebrows of distaste. Here is a phallus. <laughs> Interesting. Well, I'm not surprised. It's in a it's in a play. It's in or it's in uh, plays of the time, I suppose. Hmm. He found it, whatever. And then this thing, the backwards Two? Piece. That's a vagina, obviously. He was like, nobody knows the origin of that. Oh. It's unique to a certain, to the British kingdom, of course, and maybe like Australia. He's like, but it doesn't have a... I love that. I've got to say the... Do academic. you have an origin story for that? Because no. if you did, just that this the, would be the greatest pot ever. <laughs> the, the academic discipline, the... I'm going to use the word scientific pursuit of like things that are legend or myth. Like how much can we verify this legend or this track down the, uh, the way the story is morphed from this time to this and that and what's the origin. That's all noble work and pretty fascinating stuff. But when you get someone who is an authority who at the end of the program says, you know what? We don't know. <laughs> That's Actually, it might be refreshing, but or I mean, uh, disappointing to you on some level. But for me, that's refreshing. Uh, 
because it speaks to a truth that, you know, mm-hmm. and, and we talked about this, we talked about this in early pod about it goes against our nature to a degree to, we'd rather come up with a good story than admit that we're ignorant in most cases. Yeah. And risk losing our audience with a, you know how we thought it was this, <laughs> sorry, we don't know. Hmm. You know, and that's, that's but it's that's the easiest thing in the world to that's do. That's real. The easiest thing, the easiest okay. choice when faced with that is. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, but that is uh, rare. That's very rare. Chris, it seems like we've been doing a lot of talking for a while, and it, you should probably take a turn. There's a story that comes to mind, but I don't need to hear myself talk hmm. that Go much ahead. more. You need some water, Holmes. No, I got. No, I, I'm good. Maybe a hams, which is close to water, but slightly beer flavored. Holy water! <laughs> um, Holy so, sky blue water! So I went to a landscapers convention type thing, where in Chicago, in the Chicago area, where they had some pretty slick salesmen who were trying to sell us on these circulating sort of uh, fountain features. That you know, the they present a waterfall, a tiny waterfall, and then it recirculates the water and and uh, in a gentrified garden. Yeah, exactly. Somewhere. Exactly. And gentrified. So we went there to just have a little trip and like be exposed on how to install these things and learn about them a little bit. So this was kind of a new experience for me in that I hadn't had a job before where the company like gave you that little cookie of like, all right, this might not be necessary, but take a little trip to the Chicago land and like visit this company and have this day where they cater a luncheon and show you how to do something. But they had a speaker and it was a super slick sales guy and he comes up and he's like, all right, hey, <laughs> welcome. If I say he opened up with trying to wow us with his Uh-oh. grasp of science. Uh-oh. And he said, positive ions. Who knows what I'm talking about? <laughs> this is a terrible opening. Wow. I'm already out. But keep going. He threw it out there. And most of us were just like, I thought we were coming here to talk about water features. <laughs> and now he's talking about ions. Will there be beer? <laughs> uh but there is that guy, and there, the God bless him, there was that guy in the audience who, who couldn't admit that he didn't know what the fuck this guy was talking about. And when he said, positive ions, who can tell me about it? He just, he, he didn't give like a full wave of hand. hand oh my. Like, I really know, but like a, yeah, sure, positive <laughs> ions. There's nothing you can throw at me, bro. <laughs> Give him one of those. And the guy called him on it. I was like, oh. You uh, you have something to say about this positive? guy sounds like a dick. What you kind of a speaker was he? Oh but I mean, I th- he was just trying. I to be feel like, awkward, and I was not even there. Yeah, I wasn't there. And, but so he he asks him to share with the class. Oh no! Puts ah. him on the spot. Oh no! Is a guy ran away. This plane is headed right for the mountain. We all got we all got a folder with some promotional materials about their products on it, and he. In the silence, you saw him open a folder, <laughs> kind of frantically, like try and find a quick. So answer. this was earnest. This was 
Yeah. He was answering like it was a quiz. He was trying. Yeah, he was on the spot. He was. Oh, my fucked. God. He, oh no. he painted himself into this corner that he could not get out of. Why would this the is speaker? Not what I, that's not where I thought that Why was going at all. Why would the speaker do that to his audience? Well, maybe he thought that this in his defense, but who knows? He thought this guy actually knew what he was talking uh. about, which was I never really followed up on it. But from what I think the point that he was trying to make was. In physics, something happens with cascading water that it releases a charge in the atmosphere. Like ocean water. Positive ions. That's right. That's what grounding mats do, earthing mats. All right, of course you know all about this. It's good for you. It's something that happens in the spa. But he was trying. So he was trying to make an argument that, (laughs) look, this isn't just, you know, a cool feature that you can wow people with in your yard that looks cool that has a effect on you emotionally it and does like spiritually the the sound the the ions the positive ions that are released it, it interacts with your biophysiology in a way that you know is kind of interesting hmm. but this guy had no idea what he was talking about but he couldn't admit it <gasps> he'd Aww. never been introduced to concepts but he still puts his finger up like yeah sure you can't stop me i know it all and mm. and when he gets called out and he flips through the through the materials and he doesn't find an answer he just has to improvise and he says, well, I don't know how to describe it exactly, but I can install it. <laughs> oh, my God. And the guy that I attended the conference with and I, it probably wasn't nice, but that just in the moment seemed like the funniest thing <laughs> either of us had ever heard. That this poor bastard couldn't just admit, you know what? I was just talking out of my ass. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know what the fuck's going on. Continue. <laughs> but he had to say like, yeah, well, I've installed a few of the positive <laughs> ion things in my day and can't put it in words necessarily, but carry on. Mm-hmm. You know, and that this harkens back to a very early pod we had, which is may, maybe it's the male ego more than the female ego or it's a human thing. That we just don't settle well with beats the fuck out I don't of me. Know. Yeah. Mm. Wow. That's not where I thought that was going. End of story. Chris, while we wait for Dan, if you had to host any game show that you've ever seen, what would you pick? It can't be Jeopardy. We already discussed that this one. This beer comes in a gold and blue can and rhymes with Sam's. <laughs> Pass- boop, boop, boop. Password? <laughs> what is hams? <laughs> uh, potent potables? <laughs> if I could do any... I just asked Braden this question the other day. He was like, probably Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> Wheel of Fortune is super boring. For the host, Patch Ajak was like wanted to kill himself like ten years ago. Didn't he get canceled? No, he died. Didn't he? No, Patch Ajak's still alive. Who died? Alex Trebek. Alex Trebek. Died. Okay. I thought, he, I thought he had cancer. He's obviously dead to you. Didn't he have cancer or something? Alex Not Trebek bad. died of cancer. Okay. Of some sort. Here's the benefits. Price is right. People go fucking crazy and they're always excited and happy. And you get to hold that stick microphone, which is always fun. And there's a legacy to it and the games are fun. But I'm not sure that it would be fun day in and day out. 
You know what I mean? And they tape them in gang, pa- you know, you rattle off 10 of those in a day You're or something. You're thinking about this more than I thought I'm you would when it. I asked Jeopardy would be super boring. I'm interested in that stuff, but I don't want to do it for a living. Mm. Wheel of Fortune, I love the game. I love guessing mm-hmm. word puzzles, but I don't want to host that day in and day out. And I'm against Vanna, who just walks and turns letters and smiles and wears pretty dresses. She doesn't even turn letters anymore. She touches it because it's a screen. Oh, beam, <laughs> beam, 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 yeah. and turn. Oh, yeah, she does. They don't turn. They and do. turn oh. and smile. Technology, right? right? Do you think her wrist was getting a little, you know? At what point do you think the conversation sore? was had where it was like, do we need to keep Vanna? Because all we need to do is push a button and turn those letters on. Did Vanna resist when they switched from the turn to the touch? <laughs> she needs the exercise? I don't know. It's just, you know, she, that's what she'd become accustomed to and known for. Anyway. Let me go on. Dating game would be wonderful. Hilarious. The newlywed game would love to host that one, too. What's the strangest place you've ever made Whoopi, Dan? <laughs> Did you guys know Steve Martin was on the um, dating game? Wow. I no. think we talk. Uh, we love Steve Martin around here. We sure do. Dating game, newlywed game. I don't even know if those are still on. I feel like it would be interesting to do American Gladiators, but I can't stay that excited all the time. They need to high energy stay gig. pumped for every contestant. And I don't have that kind of energy and patience. Are you arriving to what you think? No, I am running through the options. All of them. Ellen's game of games. No, I know what it would be. When the, you give directions... <laughs> The Gong Show. <laughs> that is the one that I would host. The Gong Show. It's a enter- talent show. Always entertaining. Everyone's kind of in, maybe drunk and like taking things lightly. That would be it for me. Okay. You can Gong dan- shows kind of dance talk. a little bit. I would okay. host Family Feud and bring back Making Out with the Female Contestants. Like. Oh, <laughs> the way Richard Dawson laid it on them. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Survey said. The whole time Chris was throwing out options, I was queuing this up. That's yours too? And you said Family Feud. Great song. Do you ever watch him with Steve Harvey now? No. He makes it, they make it a little dirty. Mmm. A little bit. Slow down, play it. Yeah. <laughs> That's the SNL version of it. They do a lot of close-ups on Steve Harvey's face. And his incredible mustache. As he shows dismay and sort of, can you believe? (laughs) Like that face. Yep. Family Feud would be a fun one to host. I can't think of any other games. Is that the dating game? Charles Nelson (laughs) Riley. Brett Butler. Richard Dawson. (laughs) Nipsey Russell. Fanny Flag. It's the celebrity one. And who's the other guy? <laughs> Are going to play Match Game with Gene Rayburn. <laughs> match Game. Ooh. Hollywood Squares. Password. That's another uh, great one. I would totally host Password, and Betty White would be on like every time. You guys remember Password, right? No. Kinda. Um, that wasn't up there in my a pantheon. wooden instrument. Actually, you can only do one word. Instrument. Drums. Wood. Uh, Xylophone. No. Lute. (laughs) Strings. Violin. Eh. The answer was guitar. (laughs) 
I can see why the show didn't work. <laughs> no, it's fun. <laughs> it's a little like charades without the charades. It's just guessing based on one word. Yeah. Mm. Super fun. There's all kinds of game shows. Let's play now. another round. Genitals. <laughs> <laughs> Embarrassment. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> George Washington Monument. No, that's too many words. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Got it. I, no. Go ahead. You never know what question is going to get a huge response. Uh, I'd, uh, the game shows of my youth were in the morning, we would watch in the summer. We would watch, uh, there was a number of shows in rotation before The Price is Right. You could catch some One Day at a Time, another great theme song. Uh, the Jeffersons, though, most of the time at 9.30. Morning, when you're, when we're you're talking about morning. cereal. Mm-hmm. And then at 10, The Price is Right would come on. Cornflakes. Which Sugar. Was bedlam, Bedlam for All. Then uh, Young and the Restless and As the World Turns and Guiding Light. These are weekdays. <clears throat> Yeah, this was in the summer when I was oh, a kid. Oh, right, right, right. And also, I think before the Jeffersons even came on, we'd watch uh, $25,000 Pyramid hosted by Dick Clark. Oh, sure. $25,000 Pyramid. Fun Remember show. Remember that one? Fun. Sitting in the chairs, describing Nipsey mm-hmm. Russell on there a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wasn't he a hip-hop artist that recently died? Some real... Uh, the, the <laughs> That's Nipsey inspiration, Hustle, I think. The, the inspiration. Uh, it was fun. There was people that were really good at it. And then in the afternoons, we watched Jeopardy. Uh, watched a lot of TV growing up. Oh, yeah. Did you ever watch... We the had the farmer four, and we lived in the country. Did like, you ever watch the one where they go, no whammies, no whammies, no whammies? Press your luck. Yeah. Yeah, I, I gave a lot of shows a, a, a try. Joker's mm-hmm. Wild. Card Shark. A lot of Joker's Wild. Joker's was, Wild, that might be the card one I'm thinking of. A lot of... Uh, shift gears a little bit. <laughs> oh, and the, the other one in the morning was Sale of the Century. That was a quiz show where you like rung in and won money and oh I don't Sale remember that one obscure. <laughs> Wick, win loser draw was on in the afternoon with Bert Convy. Pictionary essentially and, they, Bert, and a lot of Bert on Reynolds. Another network you could probably watch Pictionary at the same time. A lot of Bert Reynolds, a lot of uh, Vicky Lawrence, uh, uh, this kind of thing. Hmm. And Jeopardy, as I said, uh, a- afternoon game shows though. Oh, Wheel of Fortune would be on like after before the news or something or after the news. It seems like it must be a sweet gig for celebrities because there's a lot of celebrities that have these game show hosting gigs now. Is uh, What's his name? Alec Baldwin does Match Game occasionally. Was Love Connection a yeah. game show? Sure was. Chuck Woolery. Definitely a game show. Chuck It's a reality Woolery. show, sort of. More than a... They go out on a date and then they come back and they talk about it. Yeah. How it went. That sounds like an early The Bachelor yeah, only yep. without all those gross hot tub scenes. Of Bachelor's girls. off the rails. Yeah. yeah. Chuck kept it classy and kept it moving. Please spot me while I play as a fly enthusiasm aimed at your indifference. Scan the floor for one tap and do a bobbing hand. Any signal coming back on the same man for Rick and Frequency. How's the reception connection? Don't flip the dial. This your performance is commercial free. commercial free. Only thing for sale up here is me and my CD. You're free to catch up on old times at the top of your lungs. Got a mic and I can turn it up, but I can't turn you down. Got a mic, what I need's a new remote. I point and click, point 
much entirely do expect a little respect Would it be too much entirely What if what they say is true Less is more More is what I'm doing